What's up, you guys? It's Jay Mulatto, and we're back on Unpopular and Incorrect. And um, it's really been a <laughs> an emotional jam-packed week. I know you guys have been watching the news and all the elections, but I, I'm not here to talk about that shit. It's actually some very, very sad and disturbing news that um, everybody else knows that the world's famous King of Diamonds has closed. I, I mean, like, that's like the Louis Vuitton, the Gucci, like the Fendi Prada of strip clubs, man. Pretty much all the vixens and everybody that, you know, popping on Instagram and all that shit, most of them have come from the strip club. And more than likely, if they big, big into the millions and the followers, they were definitely King of Diamonds girls at some point. So, um... I'm not sure. I'm pretty positive most of y'all know that I used to work at King of Diamonds from, um, I think I wanted to say, 2011 to 2014. And um, I always get asked what, what, how I started dancing and how I wound up at King of Diamonds. And you know it's a million questions, so I'm just going to go down a little memory lane and give y'all a little background on me and, and what that club did for me. So, um... um the reason I started dancing, it's going to seem like I always, you know, bring this guy up, but he's very important to the growth of me as a woman in general. But me and my college sweetheart broke up. I was super duper depressed about it. Couldn't go to class. Like, he moved out. I was I was fucking depressed. So, you know, I actually withdrew from school from that semester, moved back home, like, I was working at Quick Trip, which is a pretty good job, you know what I'm saying, especially if you're staying at your parents' house, you know, like, you can stack your money up with Quick Trip money quick. Uh, very good company to work for, actually. I would recommend anybody looking for a job to fill out one for QuickTrip.com, goddammit. But um, I was working, and then it got to the point where I was so depressed that I used all my sick days, I used all my vacation days and I was swapping schedules with other co-workers but they were in school so it got to the point where I was the only full-time worker and I couldn't really swap with anybody anymore so it was like do or die for my job so um I wound up going on this shit called stat two that they give you that they allow you to do a quick trip meaning you know you're leaving, whether it be for uh, maternity reasons, maybe you're in school, but when you leave, you still have the option to come back to your job. So I went on stat too because I was just too depressed to be in the real world. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. So I might have been at the mall, stayed across the street from the mall when I was growing up. So I might have been in the mall, give me some American Deli, and I saw a girl that I knew through a mutual, like we had, we shared a mutual friend. I, I didn't really... She wasn't my friend when I saw her in the mall, but I knew of her and she knew of me. So um, I bumped into her and she was like, you know, damn, bitch, you down bad. Ain't it? You look terrible. Like, you know, like telling me like that. And I'm like, yo, explaining what happened. And she was like, OK, well, I work at Strokers. So come down, do amateur night. If you do good on amateur night, they hire you. I got some clothes. And some shoe and a pair of shoes I could give you. Like I don't wear, never wear. It's too big for me. Probably fit you. So I'm like, okay, cool. I go, I go do the amateur night at Strokers, and I make like four hundred dollars. So you know I'm amped. Like five hundred dollars easy. Like just on doing the the little three song set. So I took the four hundred dollars and went and got my permit, and I was working at Strokers. You know what I mean? So. 
from then on, from that point, people were coming in the club and they see me. It was actually Jay Nix or you know Stewie Rock, which whichever one y'all y'all know him by. But uh, he was in the club and he was like, "Yo, you look just like Tip Drill. You know who that is?" And I'm like, "Nah, like you know what I'm saying? I wasn't into the stripper culture or nothing like that." So he was like, he pulled it up on YouTube and I was like, "Oh, I can see the similarities." He was like, "Yeah, she worked in Miami at King of Diamonds." So. Um, you know, I probably was working there maybe three or four months. And I had got cool with a couple girls and one day it was like a like a Thursday or something, like a Yeah, it's probably a Thursday and we was like, yo, if we all make four hundred dollars, there's like twelve of us. If we all make four hundred dollars, you know what I'm saying, we gonna ride down to Miami for the weekend. And lo and behold, everybody made $400. $400 times 12. Bitches can split rooms and pay the work to make more money when they get there. Just so happens that when we get down there, only me and my other homegirl were the only two that got hired. Like, they told the rest of the bitches, nah. So everybody was leaving. First time I worked the KOD fight night, a Monday fight night. I saw so much money that I had never seen in my life. Like, I saw bitches going on stage and, like, leaving with 5000 off a stage set. And I was just like, oh, no, I got to figure this shit out because this is where I'm going to be at. So, you know, me and my friend, like, we not going back when everybody went back. So it went from I'm going to stay this week to I'm going to stay another week to fuck it. I'm going to move here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because the cost of hotels each week, I damn sure can get an apartment and paying for a cab to go to work and shit paying for food, like, all that adds up. And if I could do it that way, I know I could do it with a place. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I'm, I'm, a per, I'm a people person, you know. I interact with people naturally. So, people, uh, a lot of the older girls was giving me the game and all that. So, I didn't really have to bump my head when I got there. They told me, if you see me around, niggas just know they got money. And I saw that. I sat in the club and I peeped. I watched that shit. I saw the niggas that came every Monday. I looked at the niggas and what type of girls they liked. If they liked the thicker girls or they liked the chocolate girls, like whatever the case was. Now, mind you, when I was working there, I was like 140 pounds soaking wet. And I was in there with a black china dime piece like Jocelyn. It bitches was stacked to the moon. And then it was me. So I had to figure out what was going to set me apart from everybody. Because, I, I mean, I've gotten body work. We know that. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But what was going to make me different from the from the rest of the women in the club? And honestly, these women be dead-ass fine and have the personality of fucking paint drying. Can't hold a conversation in the dressing room, let alone with some niggas. So my one, like my one up on everybody was that I could talk to people. I made niggas laugh. Niggas enjoyed talking to me. And then it just became, at first, it's like, oh, okay, well, we going to catch you later, Red. And then it got to the point where it was like, oh, where you going? You finna be in the money pile, too. Um, Honestly, I remember, like, the first day I made some real money, because <laughs> that's, that's always a story. Like, what was the first time you made money? The first time I made money, it was off of, everybody know it was off of Lil Wayne, like, I was on stage. He came in and was like, don't get off the stage. 
till my money come. And I was thinking, you crazy as fuck. They could call 18,000 bitches to the stage. I'm not getting off this hoe, okay? Mind you, Wayne been my favorite rapper since I was 10. So he really the main reason I wanted to go to King of Diamonds because that's all I was hearing in all the rap songs. You feel me? Like, it was the it was the rich niggas playground, man. Monday fight night was crazy. You never knew who was going to come in that bitch. It was always multiple niggas in there. Outside of them Florida niggas being on a different level of scamming, them Zoes be throwing 40 racks. But then you got Wayne and Birdman in one section throwing 60 racks. Then Gucci Man walk in and he going to get 30 bands. And then niggas from the Heat going to get a booth and they going to throw 10 racks. It just really be money all over the fucking place. Like, sometimes I sit back and think about them days and I'm like, I probably had the time of my life. I was getting drunk, I was getting high, and I was shaking my ass to my favorite songs in front of my favorite rapper and getting fucking paid. I like I couldn't imagine anything greater than that. And you know what I'm saying? As a 20, 21 year old. You know what I'm saying? Like, sheesh. But um I wanna say like probably the most money that I ever made in one night was like my birthday. Like it was a, the World Star seven year reunion, and my dad's name was Seven. So it just so happens that, you know, my birthday's right before Memorial. So it's like, okay, we'll just celebrate it all together. And it was a seven year anniversary. So it was the seven balloons all over the club and shit. The manager called me on stage from my stage set. I was already in the station with some dudes called YBS that used to always, always make it go up in there. And, like, they played a, played their song, and I made, like, $12,063 on that one set. And I still got off that stage, put my money in a bag in the money room, and then proceeded to go back to that section and dance with them niggas that night. So I can't even remember, like, what I left with, because you know you got to tip, what what I actually made, because you got to tip out, tip the DJ, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I might have been 15 up and left, you know, the club take, they, they want, they 10%, you know, shit like that, but I probably, I left with 12 bands that night, and um, the reason I left, well, let me go back, you know, to meeting Wayne and people like that, you know, like, Aside from women just wanting to be around rich people to fuck them for whatever reason that may be, maybe because I'm not a whore, I don't fucking understand the concept of fucking rich niggas just to say you fucked them. But um, I really do. Uh, I really do feel like I established relationships with several people. Like I still have a lot of these people number in my phone to this day. Like you know what I'm saying? I met a lot of cool basketball players. I met a lot of cool rappers, and I feel like. Even with me doing this podcast now, you know, when it comes to getting guests on my show, it'll be on my face that I could call them people from my phone and be like, yo, when you going to be in the city? I'm trying to, you know, I got a, a podcast out now. Like, what's up? Niggas going to be like, okay, let's run it. Though That's because I built those friendships with these people. It wasn't about sleeping with niggas for money to me. But life ain't never been on some shit like that to me. I've always tried to establish relationships with people because like again like I said in the college shit you never know what somebody is or can be to you it don't always have to be a sexual relationship you know what I'm saying so um like when I met Wayne and going through that 
I eventually became like a GTV model for the um for the liquor they had, the um GTV Birdman and Lil Wayne liquor. I'm not sure ever since they little situation how that's going, but I was getting paid like five thousand dollars to go to the club and drink GTV with a GTV shirt on, do a couple photo shoots here and there for them to reel a video when they on tour. Like I was getting paid for that. I was getting paid to hang out with my favorite rapper. Like, period. That's how I looked at it. So, he might have initially started trying to sleep with me, but it, it grew into some like, oh, nah, like, you my dog. I'm finna put you up on game. And you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to CeeLo. That's um one of the managers over there. Like, he, he was the one that orchestrated a lot of shit for me to just move throughout the industry. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo... You got a good personality. I could see you doing this. I could see you doing that. I just really wish I could have saw myself doing a lot of the things that I'm doing now. It took me way too long to see what everybody else always saw in me to see in myself. Just imagine if I could have had a vlog and a podcast of all this shit when it was going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was buying and stuff. But what if I had a YouTube channel? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if I was doing it then? I'd I'd be so much bigger, and I don't have a problem that it took me long to get to where I'm at now. I'm thankful that I grew as a person because I probably would wouldn't have understood or appreciated any of this had I been doing it that way and going through different people. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just feel like I appreciate the whole life lessons I have had to learn to get to here today, and um. The GTV shit was something that came to me from the club. Then there, you know, the body work. Like, I, I got um, uh, butt and hip shots. So, you know what I'm saying? I was on the HBO documentary for that. And that's honestly why I left King of Diamonds. Because it was a whole bunch of foo-foo shit going on with the management. and You know what I'm saying? It, he was a pimp nigga, and I wasn't getting down. So it was like they was putting people in my money. They kept finding me every other day. They was making it hard. For me to work in that club, you know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't a part of the team. But I'm like, I don't need no pimp. Like I'm I'm already seven. Niggas already in here checking for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't need you to put me on. That's why bitches get pimps to get put on. I'm already the fuck on, okay? You can't do nothing for me. Alright? So that's how I was, you know, how I was going on about it. But um um, we did the documentary, uh, it's called But Loads of Pain. It's a Vice documentary. You actually could still catch it if you want to check it out or whatever. But, um, I did like a seven, a seven page spread in the, in the Vice magazine. And then, um, uh, they came to the club and, f- uh, followed me around for a couple days. And then that's when I moved to New York temporarily because I shot the second half at, um, what's the, uh, What's that shit called in Queens? It's a popular strip club in Queens. Uh, Seductions. That's crazy. Perfections. There we go. Couldn't remember it. But Perfections. And um, as as a dancer at King of Diamonds, we had gotten to a point where if you were a regular girl and you were making a certain amount of money, you had your own dressing room. So... It's the dressing room is like the size of a bath, like a handicapped bathroom style. A sofa, a mirror, you got a locker in there. You know what I'm saying? A little table, and we all it's like twenty of us that had one, and we used to get the um, excuse me, the cleaning lady to like paint them and decorate them for us. So you know we took part in our little dressing room, y'all. So the whole thing was I was exclusive to King of Diamonds. So 
that was another thing about having that room was like I was a KOD girl and nothing else. Like I, I couldn't be a G5. I couldn't be a Dolphins. Like I couldn't be a, you know, Climax. They used to be the Rolex or Take One. And I was specifically for KOD, which was cool. So it blew me that when I went to New York to shoot at Perfections, when I came back, I was fired because I worked at another club. I did not voluntarily go to another club to shoot. And first of all, that club not in Miami. That shit's in New York. But I did not pack my shit up to go work at another club on my own accord. I had a contract with HBO fucking gaslighting and and talking about being a King of Diamonds dancer. That was in my contract. I got it from being at King of Diamonds. If you watch it, you will see. When they interview me, I'm in the King of Diamonds club. All my pictures are there. So you knew, and prior to me going there, you knew that I was going there for that. But I knew all about that shit. I knew that they was going to have, I knew I was going to be fired. But I was like, niggas not going to try me that hard. But niggas played in my face. But guess who got the last laugh? I did. Because I sued the shit out of KLD. And guess what? I did win. And let me tell you this. When you watch Law & Order next time, look at how when they be on trial, it be like trial part 63. And then they do it again, and they be like, boom, boom. And that shit be like, trial part 186. Yo, that shit is so long and draining. So, a, a lawsuit. Oh, my gosh. I started suing them in, like, 2014. I did not win until damn near 2017. Like, the end, the very, very tail end of 2016. And I was going back and forth with uh, ev- uh, evidence, you know, like, uh, what's it called? They make you um, turn in shit to prove that you worked there. Discovery and shit. Oh, my gosh. It's like then they get six months to review it. And it's just, it was just a lot. Then they wanted to settle. And it was like, I ain't trying to, you know, I'm not settling for $2,000. That sounds crazy as hell. So everybody's been hitting me up like, yeah, you know, King of Dime is closed. So. What's the what's the inside what's the inside school what's the T and I'm gonna keep it above with you I don't know what the fuck the T is all I know is that I wasn't the only one that sued them you feel me so I'm pretty sure they down a lot of dollars I also know that they've been through many managements since I've been fired over they didn't retry to revamp that shit over and over but it's never gonna be the same as when Terry Elliott was fucking managing it, and D was the prince of KOD. There'll never be another time like that when that boxing ring was in there and you was able to throw money in the boxing ring while they was fighting. It'll never, that joy is never was never going to come back to that building. You know what I'm saying? Do I think it should be closed down? I feel like niggas should have just kept that building going just for, for what the culture of that club is to Miami. You feel me? Like, tourists are not want to... Nobody wants to come from another city and go to some shit like the office. Niggas is not going to feel safe there. King of Diamonds was for everybody. And truth be told, niggas with a whole bunch of millions of dollars don't want to be in the office either. Not Niggas not throwing no YMCMB shit in the office. Are you kidding me? G5 might could pull it off. But again, it's just like nothing like King of Diamonds, the lights, the DJs. The customers are amazing. I met a lot of cool people when I was working there. And I still talk to some of them customer niggas to this day. Like, them my folks. 
a lot of, you know what I'm saying? I sit around and I think about dancers that I was cool with and that they left the club before I did. And I always wonder where they at now. Because we, I'm through, I'm in like 13,000 Instagram pages now. Because of course I done been deleted, deleted, deleted as a dancer. But I think about so much from that time. And like, it really was, it really made me smile when I sit back and think about like how I went out there with $400 in my pocket. And then became like a top not top not bitch in the scene on my own. I did that. No family in Miami. Nobody guiding me. I, I went down there with my mind and said, I'm going to make it. And I fucking made it. That's how I know that whatever I'm doing now, I have that energy times 10,000. So I definitely am going to fucking make it. So what that club did to me is it made me use my mind to see what the fuck is going on around me and see how that can or can work against me and how I make sh- and, and how I make shit happen even if the odds seem to be against me and it made me become a hustler like I'm never if I'm down just know I ain't never gonna be down that long and I feel like a lot of the girls that was there with me that I've that I'm real friends with and that are engaged and married and have kids now got a real clothing line I've got this going on and that going on I feel like they learned that hustle and because if you if you can't if you can't make it in KOD, you it don't really say nothing about you. But if you can make it in there, I feel like you can make it anywhere. Cause that shit was a whole different level of of getting to the real money. Plenty of girls then came there thought they was gonna make a check and made nothing. Cause they didn't know how to talk to them people. You know what I'm saying? Like they they ain't have nothing else going on. It's a fine bitch everywhere. It's fine bitches almost at every stop sign, okay? But what what's different about you? You know what I'm saying? It made you become the ultimate hustler. You feel me? And I feel like all the girls that was there with me when they saw that that Miami Herald article about it closing, everybody was posting they they throwback stories of KOD and their greatest memories and some of their pictures. And I wish I still had some of them pictures. I'm gonna try to dig them up in the Dropbox, but uh, definitely helped mold me into being a woman that focuses on a goal, whether that be money. At that time, it was money. But focusing in on a goal, maintaining that goal, and trying to see what else I can get out of that whole environment. So you know what I'm saying? I I know that that shit made my skin the thickest it could be now. Some of the stuff I've been going through lately in life, I probably would have never been able to get through this had I not gone through the shit that I went through in Miami. So, you know what I'm saying? I don't know why King of Diamonds closed. All I can do is give y'all my experiences. And I hope that when y'all listening to this, y'all realize that whatever this shit that y'all got going on in y'all mind of what the fuck y'all think strippers are, you're probably wildly off. I've met some of the most talented, most intellectual, most beautiful spirited women in my life in the strip club butt naked two-piece rhinestones rhinestone outfits them women that everybody think is hoes like you know what i'm saying out here getting it how they can in more ways than in more ways than one women in there with C's kids don't look like it baby daddy was killed in a club shooting that had nothing to do with him and she taking care of six kids on her own that she had from the same man that was her husband. 
You feel me? People really in there dancing because they're going to school. It's, it is that Diamond from Players Club shit going on in there. It's bitches who started a makeup line. B Platinum started Platinum. The You know, everybody know OG Platinum started a makeup line. I done wrote two books. I'm vlogging, I'm vlogging and podcasting now. I know a couple women with clothing stores. I know a woman that they moved out of the country. Like these women, just because they taking their clothes off for money, don't think for one second that they automatically idiots or hoes. Shit's hard out here, period, for any and everybody. You're blessed if it ain't hard for you. I respect the women, and it don't have nothing to do with me being one of those women. I respect the women who don't give a fuck what nobody going to say about them to get out there and get what they can to do what the fuck they got to do. Because niggas will sit on their ass broke all day long and complain about ain't no jobs. And them same niggas not going to get up and go stand in front of Home Depot and get paid $100 a day to do housework and shit like the Mexicans is. It's a whole bunch of shit people can do to not be broke. But they wear the complain. Strippers ain't complaining. If they complaining, they complaining about a slow day. But that... The person that got up off their ass to go figure out how to get some money to take care of what the fuck they had to take care of, I respect. And that's just my stance on women who in there doing it because I seen and I know what people are overcoming and still coming in there to get their bills paid and fund a business and a vision that they have. So I hope y'all take from this podcast that, you know, strippers are people. And they are quite intelligent, too. And, again, don't know why King of Diamonds closed, but that is just, you know, my history with the club and me flashing back. And um, I'll see you guys next week.